0: All right, ladies, gentlemen, it's your favorite show. It is Lessons Learned ATW along the way. And today is another day where we have another great guest with another, with with a new experience, a new way to share knowledge. I mean, usually I have producers, I have artists, I have creatives. Today we change it up, we switch it up for y'all. Our guest today is an accountant. Our guest today is a child of the soil. When I say child of the soil, he's from the motherland, Africa. Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. Our guest today is an owner, CEO. He runs these companies, two companies this is. Simplify my numbers, mad Mad Ad Company. I'd say that right. Today our guest, ladies and gentlemen, is Fabrice Mantan. Did I say that right? Yeah, you can Fabrice fix it. Yes, Fabrice time. How you doing, Fabrice, <laughs> man? Welcome to Lessons Learned Along the Way, man.
1: Yeah, hey, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited.
0: Man, I feel like I'm more, it's more <clears throat> of a pleasure having you on my platform with the knowledge and the, the stuff that you've done throughout the years to have you here to share your knowledge and to share what you have to offer to, you know, people like us, you know? People that have the same background that you do, ha- sure. you have, you know. So, Fabrice, mm-hmm. without further ado, let me um, let me request you to share with the audience your history and what you do. I know they know that you're an owner of these two companies. Can you elaborate on that and just
1: help us yeah, understand it? For better? sure. For sure. Um, because you said history, I kind of want to give you a background where I'm from. How did I get here? And then you know, fast forward to. 2012, right? so um, so I, I came to the United States when I was 17, like you said, I'm from the Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire, um, you know, from in West Africa, came here and went to Wichita State University, uh, basically just came here for a better education, and, uh, you know, I studied accounting, that's how I got my, my, you know, what I got my bachelor's degree in, and then after that, I got an MBA, now, initially, I started my career working as a financial accountant for small businesses in Wichita. Um, and along the way, I was able to, to become, you know, a, you start as a financial accountant, then you graduate to becoming a controller, which is more right. like, almost like the accounting manager, you know, the head of the accounting team, like that kind of stuff. And so I was, uh, you know, the head of a team of about seven office managers and accountants in a construction industry. I did that with several people. And then um, while I was doing that, I also co-founded an advertising agency, which is mad ad company that you, you, you talked about. Yeah. And uh, the company was based on it, the idea of a great technology um, that we wanted to bring to the market and believed was really going to change things when it comes to the advertising side. And, um, you know, so that was kind of my... Almost, I would say my first very serious um, experience with entrepreneurship, you know, having my own company, investing some of my own dollars in it, actually convincing investors to come in, that kind of stuff. And then um, I think in 2018 is when I made the decision that I needed to jump. I needed to take the leap of faith and go try to run those companies on my own. Um, Initially, I did not have in mind that I was actually going to focus on the accounting side. I right. really thought I was going to focus on at company with my partner and the employees that we had at the time, um, and that's why I quit my job. So I went in, um, you know, tried to get this company where it needed to be, but along the way, people kept knocking at my door about accounting because they knew what my history was. They knew what I've done, the companies I used to work for, and so that kind of took a life of its own, and that's where Simplify My Numbers, my numbers came in, which yeah. today pretty much takes about 80 to 90 percent of my so so that's kind of where you know if I can sum it up before yeah man it.
0: I mean that is that is awesome dude like I, I I've seen you work I've seen you put out I've seen you on other platforms uh talking about mm. simplifying my numbers and the okay. way you break it down like seriously you make the whole accounting can be to an average person to an everyday person can be overwhelming if you're talking about numbers and then with how you come in and just you just make it like you just make it simple (laughs) for everyone anybody could like get your concepts and how you break down those numbers i mean just just share with my audience Mm -hmm. the okay first of all it's a two-part question what are the hardest things because that's one thing that we never learned i i personally went to college i have my master's in um, instructional design and tech I did my college. I had my undergrad. I did my masters. I want to do my PhD, and I'm gonna start that here soon, Um, as soon as this COVID stuff is, you know, you know. But one thing that I never ever got from the school system, whether it's back home in Uganda and here, is how to handle my finances. Mm. It was never. Mm -hmm. How does simplify my number? how i mean my numbers sorry how does simplify my numbers how is it beneficial to someone because i think it's to a lot of us to a lot of us we know nothing about accounting we have accountants and they'll just tell us oh financial advisors advisors or people that watch our books like how do, how how do you come in and and you know break that myth of this is not that difficult
1: let me help you yeah for sure for sure so you know what I would tell you is, I've I've worked for companies where the the owners were very hands off and just trusted their accountants to just take care of everything.
0: Just like, and them. then I've
1: worked with, and then I've worked with companies where the owners at least understood what the accountants would do, and sometimes would challenge us on right. what we were presenting to them. Right. And I would tell you that the guys that had a decent understanding of what we were doing were a lot better business people. Like they knew how to run their companies a lot better. Because number one, they were running the companies by the numbers, right. and number two, they would challenge the accountants sometimes because they're realizing that, hey, maybe there's an opportunity for me to save some money here. What have you done about this? Have you read a little bit about this? Can you right. share more information about it? And that made us better. It made us do our job better, right? So. The point I was trying to make is that when when I noticed that, I started to realize that every business owner, I'm not asking you to become an accountant, but you should have a decent understanding to at least have a once a month meeting with me. Exactly. And then learn how to run your business by the numbers. So that every time you're making a decision, you start asking yourself, how does that affect the big picture? How does that affect my business really, right? And so that's why when when I created my company, the number one concept I wanted to stay close to was, I'm gonna make it so simple, so relaxing for people to be willing to speak numbers. Yeah. Because I know that it's it gets very confusing and people just wanna yeah. run away from right? Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> pay somebody to take care of that, pay to somebody to take care of that. That's
1: right. It's it's a lot yeah, of my account take care of. <laughs> yeah, take, take care of it.
0: Like I won't lie to you, I'm one of those people, like I find that very, right. very and you know what? I took accounting in high school. Yeah. We did double entry. We did all this, the basic simple accounting. Um, that's right. But I, applying that in 2020, and what I have um, with, let's say, you know these different resources coming in, and you know how to apply what I learned in high school is just not. It's not what's the word? Fe- feasible. It's not. It's not applicable for me, and that's mm. why with that. Um, My my girl's mom is an accountant, so she does that stuff for me. Helps me out. But (laughs) regardless of that, I tried to do it myself for like two years. And as an international student, you know how the struggle we go Mm -hmm. through, where we're trying to figure out taxes and everything. And that concept is so hard. It's so hard. So Mm -hmm. knowing that you're out there and you're in the trenches trying to help people understand this complicated concept. Because even, I know smart people that still not get it. Yeah. yeah. Still not get it. It's it's, it's,
1: it's one yeah, yeah, of those yeah. things oh, that- you know, if, now I totally understand. It's a whole different discipline. And that's the whole thing, right? Like, even when I do, when I complete a tax return for somebody, I, I asked myself before, I said, am I giving people more details than they even care? Because when I complete a tax return and I email it back to a client, I have kind of a summary where I tell right. them, this is kind of what you would see. On this page, you see this. On this page, you see this. This is why you gain this refund or you owe this much money. Yeah. I don't even know if generally tax preparers do that, right? They just go in, boom, here it is. You owe this. There, and then there, you just there you sit go, there, how? Yeah. How, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm always, I'm always about trans- transparency. I want right. people to feel like I really did my job and I'm explaining to you what you're going to see. And it needs to make a little bit of sense to you. I'm not asking you to be an expert. I just want it to make sense to you before we start, you know what I mean, we're going any further. And, that, and that's kind of what I built my company for, for
0: sure. Absolutely, for sure. man. And I, and I appreciate accountants like you, man. Transparency is like the most, it's the most key thing or key element in, in sure. interaction, period. Mm-hmm. Interaction, transparency, sure. because it shows, okay, this is what I did you could see it. It's not like I'm trying to, you know, get one over you. I, I appreciate that. And personally, for a person with my personality, I appreciate transparency, whether it's good, whether it's negative, whether it's where it's where, where the accountant has to say I owe money to the state, I owe money to the federal. Hey, the transparency yeah. does help me. And it's, I, it's what we call in uh coculism is keeping it real. So, um, <laughs> so moving on to, um, fabrice man you're a man of very many layers you have so For many sure. you, you do you do marketing you do accounting let's let's talk about what influenced you to stick to uh, to become who you are what what influenced you to become mm. who you are as a person with many different things that you could juggle man like you do a lot of things sure.
1: <laughs> so I, I guess well let, let, let me put it this way the, the reason why i think i ended up becoming a, an accountant has a lot to do with my mother. Um, So my mom used to be a legal and tax advisor for a company called Deloitte & Touche, which if you're in the accounting world, this is one of the big fours. So it's like major accounting firms. She used to be, you know, legal and tax advisor back in the Ivory Coast. And she wanted, to a certain extent, she kind of wanted her son to be like her boss, who was a CPA at the time. Oh, wow. So when, I, when it was time for me to go to college, she says, hey, Fabrice, I think, because I, I didn't know what I was going to study. She said, I think that if you study accounting, you will be able to utilize that skill in pretty much anything you do. So that might be a good place for you, to, you know what I mean, to, to venture. And so I go ahead and I say, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm only 17. I come to the States. I enroll in accounting, right? And then very quickly, it becomes something that's just easy for You know, so I, I, you know, I go through my my college degree, graduate with my bachelor's degree, and I start my job as an accountant. But the one thing I knew within my first year, I knew that if I was just going to be a regular accountant crunching numbers all day, if I did that for five years, I was going to be bored. So I worked for that very first company the first two years. And then, you know, I get I get taken from there from for another larger company in the construction industry. And the first thing they asked me, because long story short, I, they they, took, they kind of hired me from one of the people they used to invest in. And they kind of, you know, hired me from there. Sat down with me and said, Fabrice, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> and I looked at her and <laughs> That's a
0: good question. When you already grow right.
1: up. They literally told me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And I looked at the owner of that company and I said, I kind of want to be like you. Like, I want to run my own business. I know I know that I need more challenges than what I'm doing right now. Right. But I'm, I'm a good accountant, and I know I can bring something to the table, but eventually, I would like to have my hands in in more things. And so they said, okay, well, well we, we, we believe that we can offer you a path to get there. We're going to give you a sit at the table so that you can help us run these companies together. And these guys had about nine different companies. They're like, We're going to sit and do all these meetings together. Eventually, maybe you can become a partner or maybe you can make enough money to start your own stuff. So that was a huge opportunity for me to sit there and really see how people run businesses. And I got really excited. In the middle of that happening, my partner and I stumbled upon this amazing idea of a product that was basically an indoor billboard that turns into a mirror you get very close. to it. So, call, we basically call it a mirror billboard. And when we saw that, we thought, man, imagine if advertising could be in a mirror. People will pay so much more attention because we always look at ourselves in the mirror. So, at this point, I'm working as a controller, but on the other side, I have these ideas that just keep coming up that I'm like, "Oh, I want to I want to touch this, I want to do that." And then this idea just seemed like something very promising, and that's when the journey started of let's try to convince some investors to try to take the money here and start investing there and things like that. And that's, that's kind of my journey in a nutshell is being close to people that were doing this already. Right. And kind of just being inspired by them. And eventually jumping into it myself. Absolutely.
0: I mean, you talked about
1: your partner. Who's your partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his name is Francois Jacobs. And he's a very good friend of mine. He's actually from the Ivory Coast. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah, so we both, basically our moms, <laughs> crazy story, but our moms used to work today, right? <laughs> so I, <laughs> it's funny, but I, I came to Wichita, uh, to Wichita in 2005. At the time, he used to be in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And in the summer, after our first years, I think, we came back, back home. One day, my mom comes to me. She says, hey, my colleague at work. You know her son doesn't really like the city where he's at. He's looking for a different place to go, and I think that you guys should meet. Him. So you can talk, you can tell him a little bit more about your city, right? So he comes to the office. I meet the guy. We talk about it. It seems that like you know I tell him nothing but good things, honestly, about Wichita. Yeah, it's a small city, but I, I kind of love the vibe and the people and all of that. So from there, I think two years later, he moves to Wichita, and we start realizing we have, we kind of have the same aspirations we want to be entrepreneurs we're not exactly sure what exactly we want to invest in but we just know that we would like to to get on this entrepreneurial journey and so we stay close from that point forward
0: man that's that's beautiful man like how you could find i mean it's like the uh what's the thing of like uh the, the something of degrees of separation like where uh, I, forgo- I forgot i forgot that uh, six degrees, six right? degrees of separation where, where his mom, right. was like your mom and how you guys connected back and so every Coast yeah. but you were all students out, international students in the States. He was in Charlotte, amazing, you're in Wichita, yeah. Kansas. I mean, that's amazing. Um, crazy, yeah.
1: bringing,
0: bringing that together to the whole inception of all these ideas. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I have my little businesses here here, and I'm trying to get LLCs and all that, trying to get stuff to go, right? questions I get asked by people that want to understand the ideas of starting your own business especially here in the United States is capital Mm -hmm. capital is Mm -hmm. the is the it's the only you know you could have ideas every day but I always tell people that I mentor I have people that I mentor and they I tell them Mm -hmm. execution execution is everything it's not about the ideas how you 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 deliver how you score the goal like I I like soccer I like football I mean, not yep. American football, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like I talk about ex- execution, about. <laughs> it's execution. Yes, you, how, you could, I, I sleep, dream ideas, but those ideas only execute like once every one yeah. and a half, one and a half years is a full execution because there's evidence to my idea. There's a concept. There's a proposal. There's all. There's a process throughout all these ideas to have this exception of. A company right? That's, right that's right a new entrepreneur especially people coming from where we come from right where we come here to primarily just be just get the education and go back or yeah, maybe yeah. get the education and figure out what we want to do with it how right. if you have another young Fabrice in your shoes not like not, I mean different it's 2020 it's a little different man i think they have more opportunities than we had back then. we had yeah. like high kicks motorola like he was kind of different but uh yeah, right now sure. let's 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 add let's adjust the fabrice in 2020 right uh-huh. entrepreneur spirit heart you know you have it in your heart how do you i would say solicit how do you bring capital together to even Mm-hmm. start to run an operation or even to or have the idea of bring bringing people together and beginning a conglomerate
1: to start doing yeah. what you're doing. It's very yeah, brave. So, it is. So, one of the things that I always say is that you have to start exactly where you want. Meaning, the, the, you, you cannot think of an idea and automatically think, man, I need money to to even start this process. What you're going to realize is that the person with the money is waiting to see that you are already at this level before they put the money with you. Okay? So so you have the idea. Let's say you start the idea right here. This is is you with your idea. And this is me with the money. Before, if if you come to me today with that idea, I'm going to do one of two things. Either I don't care and I'll just move on. I take my money and I take your idea and I go because I gonna need you, mm. but, if you but, but for you to get my money you need to have done all of this everything that requires you to do things without a dollar mm. to meet me close to where I am to then impress me enough for me to say you know what I can put my capital into this mm. because you have already kind of figured out the whole thing but I'm at a point where okay now I have the money but you have the execution and you've proven to me that you've done so Let's put it together. And so, to me, what I, the reason why I always tell people, like, you got to start where you're at. So you have the idea, you start writing a business. Generally, when you write something, you start realizing that it hasn't really formed in your head as well as you thought. Absolutely. Because it's all there. You're thinking, oh, yeah, oh, man, I got this genius idea. Let me tell you. When you start talking to somebody that has, that has enough experience, very quickly they start asking you some questions. You sit there and go, wow, I didn't think about this. one. But guess what? If you had written the business plan, generally all these ideas would start coming. Because there's a there's a general step-by-step when you write a business plan. There's certain things that you have to touch on. The target market, what's your pricing strategy, what's your sales concept, blah, 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 your marketing idea, all of that you have to put in, you know, into perspective. So when you go through it, you're gonna start writing out everything that was in your head and you start realizing, wow, okay, I gotta think about this a little bit. Maybe I need to do more research here. And then when you go through all of that, you're also going to realize there's a lot of things you can already do right. without the money. And what I mean by that is like, if Madag Company was the perfect example for us, because even though the company did not reach the level of as of today, hasn't reached the level of success that I think it can, just how we raise the money to me is a huge victory because of the step-by-step that we went through. right we had this concept we thought about this idea and said man this would be amazing the first thing we did was trying to figure out if we could build the product ourselves we tried everything we, we tried to like you know did some research on websites try to figure out is there an, a product like that that we could make together all that we couldn't really figure out anything we did research for about a year until we found an engineer who had already built the product we needed had a patent on it, just didn't mm-hmm. take it to market. That engineer was 18 hours away from which Oh wow! We, r- we rented a car and went all the way there just to meet them because we had no money, right? A Brooks College student, just to meet them in person and say, "Hey, we want to see your product. We want to see what it's all about." So then he presents everything to us, and we go, "Man, this is amazing. We want the product." He goes, "Well." You know this is the price if you want it whatever so we sit down we think about it we're like man how are we gonna make a deal so we stayed in that city for two for two days and then we came back the next day and said okay here's the deal we would like to have four samples that we will bring back to our town convince an owner of a public place to put those samples in just so we can we can have a proof of concept
0: right and for proof every concept, dollar
1: yeah. exactly for every dollar that we can generate we will send you 50% of that. So basically, we don't buy anything from you. We'll take it with us. Go install it. And then, we'll, you know, we'll split our revenue with you because we have no, no money right now. So then he goes, you know what? That's kind of a good idea. So we take four four of those mirrors, come back to Wichita, We go talk to a few people that we know. We find out about this new pizzeria that's about to, you know, expand. We go talk to the owner. We convince them that we have a product that's gonna make his place so much better he he looks at it he loves it good guys go ahead and put it in at this particular point we need a thousand dollars to be able to install those right
0: that's
1: when you go okay I have the mirrors I have the place I don't have a thousand dollar who has a thousand dollar I can go convince right now to give me a chance you see what I'm saying I've done enough so now, I go in and I talk to a couple of people, they're like, yeah, Fabrice, man, we know you're a grinder, go ahead and you know, let's do it. We put a little bit of money together, boom, we install the mirrors. At that point, now we have a proof of concept. We have a real location. Proof of concept, with, yeah. We have a real location with our products, people can actually see, and we're, now we're waiting for feedback. We get a couple of advertisers here and there, it starts making a little bit of money, we're like, okay, now this is real. Now we go talk to the investors, people that, We start asking around, hey, do you know anybody that wants to invest into a company and stuff like that? And now we ended up finding somebody. The first person we found, you know, a a young kid that kind of wanted to invest. His family trusted him with a lot of money. They were like, hey, you know, if you can find some good opportunities, we'll let you do it. We find him. We convinced him of the big idea. We're like, hey, listen, this is what we see. We only have four of those deals right now. But we believe we can get to a hundred. We can get to two hundred. Do this. The only thing we need right now is this little capital for us to place the first order. Wow! He invested what he could, and with what he invested, we went to convince another investor that we already have this. We just need this to be able to make that order. And that—that that was the pr- a process of from 2012 to 2018? 2017.
0: 2017 yeah because i, I stay seeing 2018 i stay seeing them around i stay seeing them um that's right I, I, they were in the different bars or different spaces that's that right. i was i was frequent I, I, was mm-hmm. frequenting, but I was i was going out there to just spend my little yeah hour, you know just going you know social, humanity, <laughs> social <laughs> humanity, but, but i say seeing them and i was like um because we friends on social media i could see you uh, talk about a uh, mad ad company and I was like, "Oh, this is my boy's works." And
1: oh, wow.
0: I was like, "This is genius." This is genius, yeah, especially yeah. understanding that this ingenuity came from, you know, children of immigrants or even not immigrants, sure. but just people that came over to the United States on the merit of oh, yeah. Um yeah. and and black people, man. That's genius.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you no, know like re- we don't it, it, like I so think black- as black people we we are so just naturally creative. Absolutely. Like if we really, if we really tap into our creativity, if you if you're really thinking about it, a lot of the times our creativity starts in art, right? It starts in music. And we're gonna talk about that too. Right? We all kind of got into the music, right? We did a little bit of, we you know, we play sports, that kind of stuff. But if we expand on that. Pretty much anything on this earth. I don't know anything that us as a people just can't do. I really don't. And so it's us being able to tap into our creativity beyond the spaces where we're expected to be. Because I, because I, I always look at it like sports, arts, music, acting. We, we kind of expect it to be there. I know, right? It's if, like social. We go beyond.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Especially here in the United States. I think back home. Yeah. Social engineering is a very big factor. You know, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. when you're born as a black boy, you're right, right. kind of indoctrinated to only listen to a certain type of music. If you don't listen yeah. to that music, you're not really black. Or if you right, listen to rock right, and roll, you, like it's, it's something right. that it's like putting a match the pieces together. Like, you know, right. it's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> it's like social engineering. Like, okay, like if I grew up, you know, in Uganda, it's uh, the social engineering is kind of limited because the options are limited. Because where I come from, mm. the success, a successful family or a successful person is really gauged from a successful family. It's not. It's you're never a unit. Like mm. you're a family. So we always say, oh, that family over right. there, they've been grateful. Like you know, right. it's it's a weird mentality. Wow. It's a, it's not weird, but. <laughs> It's a real mentality back home, it's, it's it true. over individual. Here it's more individual, what you did. I, I, self-made, right. there's words like self-made. Right, Back right, home it's right, like, right. Um, <laughs> he comes from this family, he's gonna be high. Yeah. Like, cause, yeah. cause that family has a police officer, has a lawyer, has a pilot, yep. has a politician, has everything, so you are gonna be high. If you're getting job placement, it's easy back home, hey. right? Cause That's your family true. has infiltrated every sector of commerce or or of of job allocation. If you want to be a welder, you probably have a family member who's the highest guy in the welding side. So rewiring my thought process coming to the United States, understanding what social engineering is. Social engineering meaning we put a lot of value to somebody having a higher vertical leap than me and you and can put a ball into mm. a hole and they will earn more money and equal, and that will equal to mansions. I mean, the other things that come with that, you know, mansions, that's right,
1: that's right.
0: Mm-hmm. big, 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 big salary and all wow. that stuff. So socially we're engineered to think I need to do that because that's the right. only person I can see of my sin- skin color is either an athlete, um, mm. a mm. singer, an entertainer, yeah you know a comedian or even not even a comedian because that's even very it's very it's a smaller aperture to look through so
1: i understand
0: what social uh social engineering means here in the united states rather than at home where home is what family you come from right here what's your ability and it's very capitalistic if you got what it takes i take what you got but okay moving away from that Talking yeah, about, no, sorry, I, I was just on a real, I, love I was it. trying I love to it. like connect the dots of, you know, a person from Uganda, a person from Ivory Coast coming here to the United States and understanding how resources are allocated. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about, um, you said something that stood out to me. You said, us as black people, we should not take any of our superpowers for granted. And and you didn't say sure. like that, but you said something, right. like, even, if, even if it's music, your creativity, and music can translate in other aspects. We, we look at Jay-Z. He started mm. off with music.
1: That's right.
0: You know, the music drive, of course he had, you know, I wouldn't say streets, but he had stuff that gave him, you know, bumps and bruises where he, he understood how to handle business. So you said something about creativity. Sure. And how creativity sticks out with black people. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about you first of all. Like mm-hmm. your your introduction to me initially was Mr. Mist- was before Mr. Bilingual was FA, and you used to be a musician. Okay, That's I know. Right. I know. I'm, I'm bringing that old stuff back. You know, I'm bringing that old. You got old to. You got back. to. Yeah.
1: it's, it's a talk, you know? talk about me. Let's talk
0: about like 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 when. Yeah. Where did you get that confidence? Why I say confidence, especially because I'm I'm am an African artist mm-hmm. in the diaspora, right? I'm an African mm-hmm. artist. I'm a Ugandan artist in America. It's you need balls, forgive my language, mm-hmm. to make music out here because this is the land of musicians. By square mile, sure. everybody has a studio set up, and right. they, everybody a <laughs> rapper. Everybody in their mama a rapper, right? Or a singer. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much talent out here. I now saying no. There's no yeah. talent back home. There's talent back home, but here right, it's right. more commercial, and the idea of yeah. making it with one single is more realistic than ever in any. What gave you the confidence to become FA man,
1: <laughs> the artist? So, so, so let me let me kind of go back to childhood because that's kind of where the whole music thing came up, right? So, in the Ivory Coast, uh, for the listeners that don't know, it's a French-speaking country, right? So that's why it's called Côte d'Ivoire. So, when I was about, I want to say thirteen, maybe fourteen, I also had a lot of friends that were going to the American high school, but you know, middle school at the time, uh, back home. And so those kids, even though they spoke French outside of school, when they went to school, they were English-speaking guys, right? Those kids were from Malawi, from South Africa, you know, because we used to have the Bank of Development in in the Ivory Coast. So. So I used to hang out with those kids a lot because we're in the same neighborhood. And so I remember one of my friends coming to my place one time, little dis, you know, this verse, and he started to diss me in English. <laughs> and I'm talking about we're, we're like we're like 14 at this point, right? He started around, boom, boom, he starts dissing me, and, and then you know he introduces me to music, introduces me to hip hop. You know, at the, at the time I think it was like Snoop, Dre, 2001. Yeah. And sleep shady, all that yeah, stuff. That yeah. was like the thing at the time, right? So Absolutely. he introduces me to it. Hey, he introduces me to it, and I'm like, man, I love this, right? So I start writing myself, trying to like compete, because I'm like, if he's gonna come in this scene, I gotta do something too, right? Right. <laughs> so I start doing that, and then I start realizing that at school there are other guys that also rap, except they all rap in French. French, yeah. Because we're in a french speaking country, so we would do like little freestyle live sessions when we go to a, to a friend of ours. Everybody's just coming and freestyling. And what I noticed back then was that when I was coming to doing my thing in English, people were kind of bored because they're like, we don't understand what he's you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So at that time, I realized, crap. Okay, I have to learn how to do that in French too. So I started to write some verses in French. Word. Got a little bit better. So then when I would come down and rap with them, I could switch and I could rap in French. But then at the end, I would put a mm. couple of lines in English and blow their mind. they will be like, yo, really, you, know, you can mm. do that. Because then you got their attention. You can actually rap and let them understand. It's the bilingual. I can, yeah. You can throw something in there that they didn't know. Yeah. So, 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 so I did that a little bit. I started to see that, yo, people were, were digging my style. And so when I came to Wichita, initially it wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking like music was still going to be, Part of what I do. And then I started to, you know, through meeting a couple of people, I started to realize, oh, there was a whole hip hop scene in Wichita. So I got back into it, right? Got back into it. My name is Fabrice Arno. That's why FA came. And then the whole Mr. Bilingual thing, I created it at that point because I wanted, when I come in and I rap, obviously I got a different accent. People are gonna wonder, like, where is this, guy from? is this guy from? So, by, by starting with, I missed the bilingual, you automatically know, okay, this is a guy that probably two going to switch up. Yeah. yeah, he's going to switch up on you. And that became my style. So, it was always, you start, you know, rap a little bit, switch it up, put a little bit of French in there, come back in. People would be like, yo, oh, this is crazy. So, during college, I just had a lot of fun going through that. I and I like- literally, I saw, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I won't lie to you. I, I listened to Mr. Bilingual FA rapping back in the day. And I'm like, bro, forget about the bilingual side. Even in English, he's kicking butt. You're kicking butt. <laughs> uh, you're a lyricist. Like, um, you were like, I mean, in, I think your style will be more appreciated right now. In this in this climate, mm-hmm. when you were doing it, yeah. you have to remember you were doing it in 2011, 2010, 2010. Yeah and you had people like Kurt Cobain, tell me what it yeah. you had, You had a different, yeah, right, right, right now, you see people like you, the way you were rapping and you see J. Cole and you feel in your head like, man, I was doing right, kind of right. something like this back then. Yeah, Or I am see Kendrick. I mean, of course, Kendrick was still active back then, but I mean, right. he was not, he was not, not Kendrick right now. Like your, right. your message back then was very rich. Mm. I mean, it was very yeah. rich. If you go if you go past the oh he's different from me just let's listen what he's saying like right. what you were saying and you know it i know deep inside you know that <laughs> like you know different Yo. inside, like like man this is what they're liking right now and when i hey, and this hey. is when i'm done i'm done it's rapping so- and you're hearing, you're hearing and you're like i was it's talking that. about this like 10 years ago i was doing the same thing like i, I know That's deep inside that. you're feeling like that
1: you feel like suspect, that? Like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you always gotta look at like, Man, like I feel like I could still drop a couple. <laughs> I know, I know. You like it, maybe you no, were before no,
0: no. your time. You were before your time.
1: Yeah, but it was you know at the oh, same time were... though. I'm not gonna say I don't necessarily think I was before my time, but I was in a particular window where. It's, it's almost like there, there was a window between when hip-hop was really lyrical mm. and the guys were they always were always about spitting all that stuff. And then where hip hop became more about the melodies and the beats and things yeah. like that, there was that, that that transition right there is kind of where I was. Where I was still lyrical like the guys before, yeah. but people weren't necessarily feeling that too much they want the to, to, to. They listen, Charlie Boy. They
0: want to listen, Charlie Boy from Texas, from Dallas. Exactly, <laughs> <listen>. <laughs> hands on your head, <laughs> boy, boy, boy. hit them with the flex. That's what they want to hear. You, bro, you come in with some bars, like, What the hell are you talking? Are you like, how many yeah. syllables you're adding to a verse? Come on, man, just to, to, you, to touch bro. your toes, shake
1: our ass. That's what we want to hear, bro. When I, when I first got here, that's when you remember guys like D4L, D4L, you know, in, <laughs> you know, in Atlanta. 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 Yeah, Let you know, that's when these things started you know DJ Punk, you know walking out all that stuff started to pop but but yeah. before but you that know, you, know,
0: you, know no, you know I, know. I laughed because I was in that era too I was putting out music and I remember everybody was like yo I pr- I rapped about compl- complicated um, mm. schemes and somebody was like yeah. I just want to hear pretty boy swag bro a close friend of mine <laughs> Like yo you you you, you kind of killing the vibe right now. You can't play that when all the girls are here. Like that's you can't turn that too to my, <laughs> I just say pretty boy swag. Pretty I like uh, right. I knew. <laughs> I'm not connected. Maybe I missed the generation. And that was mm-hmm. so funny to me cuz I mean it was it was it was devastating when I heard that. But what's right, so right. funny is this new generation and Old jokes, old jokes aside. Talking about current situation. When you talk about COVID nineteen, when you talk about uh, social injustice, people like what you were saying that was thoughtful. Something that you just don't make to make yourself. You don't make right music to make to put out numb melody to just keep you right, in a right. program. Something that is thought provoking. Something that is profound. Rappers like right. you, Mr. Bilingual, Mr. Uh, you know, Fa. Rappers like S.T.R.A.P. would be very poignant mm. in times like this. Um, but mm. the
1: thing is That's a good point.
0: we kinda we kinda outgrow personally. I'm talking for myself. I, I kinda outgrow yeah. the urge of wanting to put I mean I still make music, but the thing mm. of wanting it to be broadcasted, I don't even have that feeling anymore. I will make it a little bit and drive around.
1: Yeah, and that's, wow, yeah.
0: And, and so I don't for know, me, you're an artist, you're a real artist. You know, yeah, you've well, you made projects, <laughs> you, done. you still make no, music, I know, you still write raps.
1: No, no, I, I swear to God I don't. Like So, seriously? so let me tell you what, I'm, I'm dead serious, bro. Like, one of the things I realized about me, and, and, and I think when you, as you grow up and as you mature, you become a lot more self-ful of who you are, right? And I've realized that when I start being passionate about something, for some reason, it makes me completely leave the other passions of me Almost completely. Like, I don't even, I don't wake up with that urge at all. Like, it's like my passion just shifts. And that's kind of who I am. So, I remember that at a certain age, I was passionate about video games. When music became my passion, I stopped playing video games all the way. And I started to be all about music. When business became my passion, I stopped the music all the way and I started focusing on business all the way. I can't seem to have two or three passions at the same time. I think that's what I've noticed about myself. And so, once I started to really get into business and really like every day I wake up, it's all about what I, how are we gonna run the companies, how are we gonna right. move, and I love every, every second of it, right. the music went away, bro. Like, I love listening to it and I love dissecting it and being like, man, that that's crazy, or man, did you hear the runs, right? But besides that myself doing it again I, I really don't see. It. Don't but see
0: that's just me. You know. Man, what I, mean? I respect. For me personally, I still have a studio. You can see my setup. I mean, you cannot see yeah, it. But it's I dope. still have a setup um the mere fact that I I'd, I'd given it I'd given this music stuff a lot of my life. I mean, mm. I gave it like 15 years of my life. So wow. the detachment from it is a little hard. I mean, I know, yes. I'm not detached from it, but from the aspect of, you know, when you're a 21 year old, when you were a 20 year old artist, it's the idea of getting signed and these big dreams and all that stuff. Yeah. And then when you get to a saying, "Love voice," just effort. it. I'm just doing it for the 20, 40 love. people that listen to my stuff. And then it gets sure. to the point of like, you know what? Why am I even making music anymore? Because I feel like hiring an engineer is expensive. Shooting a music, $2,000 music video is expensive. I could be investing in another business. that right. you know, That's why I'm opening up businesses. So you start looking at the, mm-hmm. um, you start looking at the allocation of money and you start to think, Guitar. man, maybe I don't have to even do music anymore because everybody <laughs> is doing music because it's very readily accessible, all these applications. Yeah. All these microphones are cheap. They're not expensive. Yeah, anybody could just wake up and have a hit while they wrapping it in this when they're sitting down on the chair or singing. Right. So hey, Mm -hmm. I had to bring that back. I had to bring, but Mr. But but I do want to say
1: though, I do want to say though, one of my big dreams though, is still that once once I get to a place where my businesses have created enough wealth to play. Mm. I definitely want to start, you know, open back up a label where we would nurture artists. You see what Absolutely. I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Where, because I feel I feel like no matter what, I've learned a ton through every single one of my experiences. There's not one experience that I'm going to be like, man, I wish I never did this. The reason why I'm so comfortable today in front of the camera or on stage speaking to people about the business it's because I, I learned, you, you, you know, how up. to perform. Yeah, yeah perform. I was performing <laughs> in front of people. Yeah. Like, so serious. And so that right there killed the phobia of being in front of people. and yeah. So now I'm super comfortable, you know, t- doing different things where I'm showing people the businesses and all of that and, and presenting stuff to people. But I learned that through the music. So it's like there's a lot of things that I've learned in the process. I feel like I can show that even to artists as well, and nurture them to become much more than, you know, they could become an artist, but after that, what do you do with everything that you gain? Absolutely. Maybe you can get into some different investments and things like that. So that's a that's a dream way, way down the line. But we'll see.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I, to be honest, I think I have the same dream as you. Like,
1: nice.
0: I, I, I want to, um, per, one thing I definitely want to do is learn how to play different instruments Um, because now I have a daughter Um, I want to teach how to play piano or guitar I just I want to learn more instruments and I want to mentor because I want to see a young version of s.t.rap I want to see a young version of FA that never Mm -hmm. had anyone guide them because they were kids that came from Ivory Coast that came from Uganda that were in the United States and mm-hmm. what you would, your passion with the right hand can be transferred to greatness. I felt like I had oh, passion, bro. but I didn't have the guidance. I was just so shooting bro, from
1: every everywhere. Let me share, let me share this quick story with you. Also, speaking of that, right? So when I was rapping, my right hand man at the time, he he he, he, lived, he lived in Atlanta now. We, we used to rap together, so we even had like a group where, but those, those were like our French mixing, so all of this is all French. That's why you never heard of it here in Britain, but people hear about that. So, <laughs> so him and I, when I started to get into business, I kind of like deviate, you know, start to deviate from yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stayed it, he stayed it, so he tried to continue the music on his own, did everything he could, you know, he, could, he was getting a little bit of momentum here and there, but then at some point he invested into a studio opened his own studio there's this young kid that came from the Ivory Coast and started to go to school in Atlanta but just so happened to be one of the nicest rappers back home so the kid comes to Atlanta and he asks everybody hey do you know anybody that has a studio people be like yo we got one of our homies he's been in Atlanta forever he has a studio we're gonna hook you up the kid comes to my boy's uh, studio they record the first song my boy is like, you know what? I'm dropping everything now. I'm gonna focus on that kid. That guy. Everything man. I've learned in the music industry, I'm gonna focus on that kid. Today, that kid back home, superstar. And I'm gonna send you some videos on that. I mean, like, Her. the concerts, superstar. My boy is back home every two months. They're just going back and forth. Hey, because- that's
0: what I need to be on, man. Like, I need to, yeah. I, do, I, do have DJ- I do have talent. I, I know people that mm-hmm. are talented family member, I, I have a family member, I have friends, I mm-hmm. want to mentor, I want to help, like, this is giving me, you're putting a battery Yo. on my back right now,
1: you making me <laughs> feel like, bro. you
0: know, I need to be on the internets looking for what. Because
1: you've, you've learned so much through the process, you, you know, once you realize that, okay, maybe this is not what you're going to do with your life personally, all of that knowledge, you still got to, you still got to transfer it to somebody else. And then there might be another guy that's from Uganda who's killing it that you might be able to connect with Absolutely. and transfer all of them and mentor to get to that state And uh, yeah, I would definitely encourage that man. For Absolutely, sure. and
0: I do. I do have um, youngins who are beasts, animals. They're nice. Yeah. I have I have my boy Benny. He, he's in Canada. Mm-hmm. We talk. Mm-hmm. He was on my he was on my uh, podcast. Um, yeah. I have my cousin Gonzi. I have, I have, I have, I have, pe- I have youngins that are ready for that, and I definitely nice. need to share what I know with them, and I've, I, and I've tried to do that. Give me a second, sorry, okay. I have to fix the camera over here because okay. it timed me out. Nice. But I have, I, but I have, I have cousins that that definitely are ready for that that role, but. Because they're my family, man. My, my family, my members, it's, it's a little, I have to make them go through some hoops like, yo, you really yeah, want to do yeah. this? But they're nice. They're nice. Anyways, moving away from that, let's talk about personal. Yeah. One thing that I really like about you, Fabrice, is you wake up, I, I, I watch your social media. You wake up like at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. I used to go to the Probably gym. It, I used to go to the gym and be earlier than any other person to the gym. And to me, yeah. Mark, I uh, forgive me. My competitive nature is like, damn, he beat me to the gym.
1: <laughs> you yes, don't even know that. You
0: don't even know that because I didn't, I didn't know. because
1: but there's that's something it.
0: about successful people. They make mm-hmm. their days expand longer than the normal person.
1: I'm telling you, bro. You know, if, if
0: your day starts at. It, at 8, 8, 8 a.m., then you're not going to be successful. The successful people, you know, they probably start like at 4, they're meditating for a little bit, they're making coffee, yeah. watching the news, reading something, and then they, they start working out, they do other things, and then it ends like maybe even at 10 p.m. But if yeah. you look at that window of time of your productivity, yeah, that's yeah. the key. We all have 24 hours in a day, but the window of productivity... Is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Now we see this dude every time at five a.m. running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember I used to show that. <laughs> <laughs> chilling, <laughs> you know what was beautiful about it? That was motivating motivating. Yeah, what was great about it is that initially when I started it, I did one little video. The first time I did it when you know I did it two days in a row, I think. And then the third day I did. It and I received maybe 10 to 15 inboxes where people were like, yo, what happened? You didn't work out today? That's when I realized people were what keeping me accountable. Yeah. I was like, oh, so so people are actually watching this and they're keeping me accountable. I'm gonna use that to make sure that it becomes consistent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so, so that right there was kind of my thing, but I've always been you know, super, and that's the thing, like, I can sleep like that. When I go to bed, I only need five to 10 minutes, I'm out. right? In the same way, five o'clock, I'm up. And like, I, I, the way I look at it is, if you're waking up say at 7.30 every day, and I'm waking up at five, I have that two, two and a half hour window that yeah. is accumulating every single day, it's accumulating. So imagine we do that for 30 years. Imagine where I'm gonna be compared to where you're at, because every day I Because you have more, you week. have
0: your window yeah, is like exactly. bigger, like you have more- exactly to prepare you have more time to think you have more time the the key thing is you have more time to absorb what happened a lot of people especially in times like this mental health is a big thing you need time to absorb absorb absorb, do and connect absorb do and connect connect meaning or doing is you, you feel what's happening, whether it's in the news, whether it's in your business, whether it's, you know, absorb it, Let, take it in, and then doing is the actions, after you absorb, you, you internalize it, you think, you do, you act accordingly, and then connecting yep. is making sure there's the empathy in it. There's the empathy, because a lot of us, especially in the business world, People don't have empathy because it's a killer. It's like a shark world, man. Yeah. It's but like, the empathy exactly. is key. So I see you, mm-hmm. I see you in the morning, man, doing your thing. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> he beat he beat the sun. He beat me. He beat everybody to get up. <laughs> and
1: yeah, I appreciate
0: you. with you not knowing that you 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 motivate me, makes me get up earlier. And I'm I'm in there. And then that makes my day prolong it's prolonging my day mm-hmm. so the amount of things I could do for not only the job that pays my bills but also my own personal businesses I have enough time throughout the day because I'm not sleeping I'm not not saying yes, right. is needed by the way forgive me oh
1: exactly.
0: you need your sleep, mm-hmm. but that that extra extra sleep like I get my seven hours I'm good because I go to sleep like yep. at nine nine a.m. I'm sleeping at nine mm-hmm. so If I'm sleeping at 9, I'm getting up at 4, get my workout in, get my affairs in order, I'm looking at my (laughs) boy, Fabrice, over there, running the treadmill, trying to, like, I
1: gotta gotta do that again, man. I gotta gotta get back to it. (laughs) No, but no, no, no,
0: let me tell you, you you motivated me, bro. And you still motivate me with what you do. Okay, talking about peace of mind, right? Let's talk about personal ideology, right? Right now, what I do... I have this personal ideology where I move with this mantra, this motto, which is attached to nothing, open to everything. Or open to everything, attached to nothing. Meaning, like um COVID-19, right? If you had prior to COVID-19, if you had a five-year plan and you were attached to your five-year plan, you were saving honestly, you are doing everything honestly, and then the rules change because of COVID-19 you will be you'll be manic you you go through an episode you'll be depressed a little bit right? (laughs) but if you're not attached to things changing but you're open to change Mm -hmm. it makes you become like water so you fit in every cup you fit in every vessel and that's my mentality because I know anytime because I came into America with one Bag, with one baggage, with with just three shirts, four pairs of, no maybe three pairs of shoes. I'm 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 ready for change. I'm ready for me to lose wow. the house that I bought. I'm yeah. ready. I'm not attached to it, but I'm open to everything. Meaning that mm. a child, my daughter, could teach me something new. Anybody. I don't mm. have to feel like I know everything because I have a master's degree. And I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing. I have to be right. to Everything, but I'm attached to nothing. Meaning that. I don't control shit. Forgive my mm. language. So wow. that's what I'm wow. saying. That's my philosophy. What's your philosophy right now, as mm. an entrepreneur, a business owner? What What's making you for familiar? sure? What's making you successful? Help you sleep at night?
1: For sure. So, I think I think yesterday I posted something that kind of sums up where I am in in life and, and kind of what I think. Right? It's It's more like <laughs> it's a saying that I heard that says. The bad news is time flies, but the good news is you're the pilot. Mm. <laughs> the bad news is time flies, but the good news is you're the pilot. So instead of sitting there complaining that, man, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough At the end of the day, you kind of have control of what your circumstances are going to be to a certain extent. Now, don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that people don't deal with crazy situations, especially with everything going on right now. You got people that have lost their jobs, you have people that I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on, but at the end of the day, you still have those 24 hours in the day. And it all depends on how you're gonna use them, right? How you're gonna make sure to allocate them properly. So whenever people say, Oh, I don't really have time to do something, you know that to a certain extent there's a little bit of an excuse there, right? A, it's, even it's a, I when it's a priority. Even it's a priority. I when, uh, what's it it's called? all priority, man.
0: A, a priority um, conflict,
1: like yeah, conflict yeah. of
0: loyalty, conflict of priority, like where.
1: That's I can, right. I don't, yeah, you're right. That's right. If you if you if you care about something enough, or you want something bad enough, you generally will always make time. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm not a huge fan of the excuses that there's just not enough time, or you can't do it. I'm just like, at the end of the day, there's a certain level of control that God has given all of us. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying, and so, so at that point, when you're realizing that, you gotta take advantage of. it. You gotta make yeah. sure that you're going all in for what for what you what you really want. You know what I'm saying for the future that you see for yourself. Uh, Absolutely, that's kind of what I live by. Man. Yeah,
0: man, yeah. and 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 what you live by, you've been you've been successful with it. Um, so we get to this segment, and um, within our podcast, where we ask our our guests, uh, what's the last book you read?
1: Ooh, <laughs> you know what it is phil knights uh phil gosh, knights. Li- you can um, take your time
0: take your time take your time i forgot the name but the the, the owner of nike okay and so, so. uh, I, I know what you're talking about phil knights i, I know that book let me let me because I, I have uh yeah the, the
1: my research department up,
0: like, that i myself i'm my own <laughs> no, I, i'm not like joe rogan like okay but i know phil knight uh, like the whole
1: yeah, Shoe Dog. That's the one. Mm-hmm. It, it's called it's called Shoe Dog, and then right before that, there I read go. the, new, Dog, the yep. new book. Yep, the new book of Fifty Cent, which is crazy because when I tell people I read it and it's an amazing book and you should read it, people are like Fifty Cent teaching me about business. Oh, yo, I'm yeah, like, listen. Oh man, I mean, the guy is one of the most disciplined guys yeah. I've in the industry, period. Yeah. As far as, like, being an artist that has transitioned the way he has. I mean, he has some great concept. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, those are the two books for sure. That I just yeah. Read.
0: I mean, 50 Cent is, I mean, when you see him transitioning from music to being an actor and losing weight for certain for roles, is like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Was it man. a fi- 50 something power what was that? what was that book That's right
1: uh the 50 something uh, power look no, I, I don't believe it's that one um gosh, let me see yes the hustle, see. Harder. He has hustle harder yes so hustle Harder. hustle harder hustle
0: smarter uh he that's had that one book i remember when he uh
1: did the 48 he had loves.
0: 50 laws mm-hmm. 48 laws of power he did his own 50 laws of power uh the secret. that's right and, and, i mean Curtis Jackson is is for business, for a capitalist, for a person like me and you, I mean huh? he's very interesting. I mean, he's somebody you could study. Yeah. He's he's one of those yeah. people that you could sit down and study his rise and understand mm-hmm. that he was never favored in any of his in this situation, whether it's label. He right was, up. was a rebel and he got to where he got. Like, I mean, that's beautiful. Like, if if he's making mm-hmm. books. I've read one of his books. I think that was the Fifty Laws of Power. Um, I read it. I didn't read it. I, I had an audiobook. But same thing. No <laughs> I listened. I listened
1: to his book. Um, yeah, I'm the same way actually. I I listen to most of I the books to, that I go through, I listen yeah, to. Yeah, because I don't have time
0: to sit down and read. So when I'm working yeah. out, I'm listening to an audiobook. Where I'm when I'm you know doing miscellaneous act, like I'm cleaning up the house, I'm doing yard work, I'm listening to a book. Um, yep. that was, that was a book that showed me different insight, although I still disagree with some concepts from that, but this for another podcast, mm. but it yeah, was sure. very, spiced. cause I'm, I'm that type of guy. I'm, i I listen, but sometimes it's okay to say, maybe that will not work for a person like, you. Yeah, exactly. maybe not work for it's, a person not, like,
1: you know, you know, but it's not about agreeing with everything. Absolutely. So,
0: um, yeah. so let's talk about, um, and we, we coming to the closing of this episode. Let's talk sure. about... um. The, okay, we already talked about the last book you read. Let's talk about if you had the chance to speak to 17-year-old Fabrice hmm. coming to the United States back in 2005. Hmm. What would be the lessons learned as the theme of this whole podcast or discussion that we've yeah. had for an hour what will be the lessons learned that you would share with him
1: Whew. man I feel like I'm I like right. learned so
0: much you, I, I mean, you could, <laughs> take your time take your time because you have to for tell sure. him like because you, you have to remember how Fabrice felt at 17 coming here horse so. blinds didn't, know anything. didn't and now, know anything and now you know all this stuff <laughs> you know almost 20 years yep. later
1: that's right. The, the funny thing about, I've always been very adventurous, like somebody that is willing to just do different things, learn about everything, being with different people, that kind of stuff. And so I, that's one thing that I'm, I'm proud of because it taught me a lot to get me to the stage, right? Um, I think today, I would probably say, as much as you don't care about it, and I'm talking about, I'm talking to 17 year old As much as you don't care much about it, start educating yourself on personal finances a little bit. Start doing that because the mistakes that you make in your 20s, you will pay for them in your 30s. In your, f- in your
0: 50s, too.
1: Sometimes too, but
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you talking, you talking to an African, but its uh, Americans. I have some American friends that are paying back because they in their fifties, and the stuff they t- mm. style of is asking them questions right now with the uh, loans, yeah. and they dropped yeah, out of true. college. <laughs> you not know talking about? You not know talking about? It's so, exactly. They're for a degree it's that so, they didn't get. They're paying for a degree they never got because <laughs> they didn't ah, complete. That's crazy. They
1: took all that money so, out.
0: Real stuff
1: you say some real stuff. For real. Yeah. For real. I'm looking at it like I, you know, at that point, the reason why I say, even though I know you don't care, because I remember that at that point, that was the last of my words, right? I I mean, I just I took credit cards left and right, I didn't care, ruined my credit score, kind of didn't care. When I got to the stage where it was okay, now we're starting the business. And now you're trying to go ahead and get loans to be able to start funding things that really matter in life and you can't do it. Now you're in a position where you got to work longer to be able to get yourself where you want to be. And I feel like if I had known what I know today a little bit more at that time, there's some mistakes I wouldn't have made. So for me, most of it will be around, yeah, it will be around financial life, to, to be completely honest. I think everything else, even where I made mistakes and everything, I don't regret, whether it's like relationships, you know, stuff like that. I feel like all of that was part of becoming who I am, so I don't regret much of that. But as far as that goes, um, I could have been a lot better, you know what I mean? So, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs)
0: ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. What Fabrice has learned, it could be applied to young Fabrice back in 2005 is something that he's doing right now is financial knowledge Mm. financial awareness and it's so ironic that he's in that field
1: I'm telling you bro
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's bumps and bruises taught him a real lesson learned no pun intended Uh, man I appreciate you I appreciate you for sitting down with me man like I wanted you on my wish list because I know the great things that you do uh mm. your pedigree when it comes to ownership to your um to your growth as a person coming from being an artist not even let's even scrap being an artist being an international student to being who you are mm. right now man we need to give you your flowers while you're still here to smell them man like you've done oh, a lot bro, of I great things and, and you know sometimes you don't get that because people don't understand that journey or understand the metamorphosis of that journey and the growth of that journey, but I do because I am I am you in many ways because I am the, the kid that came into the United States with that naivety of mm-hmm. ideas, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's this, and I realized what it really is. And mm-hmm. what it really is, is what you have, I'll take. And I realized now I need to create something. That is takeable, takeable enough for me to own. So that's the next thing yeah. we have to do is okay, you can take it by on the pen. Or well, you can take it on the right. You know, we could, that's, that's another right. podcast for another situation. But ladies and gentlemen, it's okay. been lessons. it's been lessons learned, and we have Fabrice Montan. Did I say it right? My ten. Correct. Montan, Mantan. My ten. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I had an awesome guest he's been teaching me in this in this on this episode right here i've been learning and i appreciate it thank you very much peace and love and out